Hello, this is Gurmeher from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 25th of February. On day 2 of the Congress party's 85th plenary session in Raipur, members deliberated on a political resolution concerning the judiciary, which they said was constantly threatened by direct and indirect measures. The session is also expected to include discussions on legislation prohibiting hate crimes and discrimination on the basis of religion, caste and gender. At the meeting, All India Congress chief Sonia Gandhi spoke out against the Bharatiya Janata Party accusing them of stoking hatred and targeting women, Dalits and tribals. She urged the party to tackle the BJP regime with vigor and clarity and to reach out to people to convey their message. Gandhi also alleged that the BJP RSS had captured and subverted every single institution in the country. She said the government's actions had caused economic ruin by favoring a few businessmen. A veiled reference to billionaire Gautam Adani. She added that the government's actions show contempt for the values enshrined in the constitution. Gandhi also highlighted that Congress is not just a political party but reflects the voices of people of all religions, castes and genders. She asserted that the party would fulfill the dream of all of them. Gandhi's comments come after the Bharat Joro Yatra, a campaign where Congress leaders led by Rahul Gandhi trailed 150 Indian states. She claimed that the campaign was a turning point for the party and could mark the end of her innings. Over 15,000 people are participating in a 3-day conclave which is expected to deliberate upon political, economic and international affairs resolutions. The Election Commission has appointed a counting observer for each of the 60 assembly constituencies in Tripura for the first time. This is in an effort to ensure that votes are counted fairly and transparently. Voting took place in Tripura on 16th of February and the votes will be counted on 2nd of March. According to Chief Electoral Officer of Tripura, S Bandopadhyay, The counting observers are expected to arrive in Tripura by 28th of February. Chief Secretary J.K. Sinha, CEO Gitti Kiran Kumar Dinakrao and DGP Amitabh Ranjan have already toured all eight districts and held meetings with district magistrates and superintendents of police to review all security scenario and take stock of security arrangements. The officials said that counting will be held in 21 counting halls with tight security measures in place. Today in a roundtable discussion with top tech business leaders from the US and India, US Treasury Secretary Janet L Yellen emphasized the importance of deepening ties in the technology sector between the two countries. Calling India an indispensable partner to the US, Yellen highlighted the fact that the US is India's biggest trading partner with bilateral trade reaching over 150 billion dollars in 2021. She also noted that the two countries share strong people-to-people ties. with 2 lakh indians studying in america and enriching us schools and universities yellen went on to explain the us's new approach to supply chain resilience called friendshoring which involves partnering with trusted trading partners including india to diversify away from countries that present geopolitical and security risks the approach aims to grow local industries and connect them to global supply chain and yellen cited examples of tech companies like apple and google expanding their phone production in india Yellen also highlighted the US's investment in digital technologies through the Partnership for Global Infrastructure and Investment which aims to drive inclusive resilient growth in India. She announced investments in Agritech to enable climate smart agricultural production and digital payment systems for micro entrepreneurs in addition to existing investments in renewable energy, health and other infrastructure sectors in India. 
At the roundtable, Infosys chairman Nandan Nilekani spoke about the company's heavy focus on localization in the U.S., with new centers opened in six different American states in the last few years and the hiring of 25,000 workers in the last six years. Nilekani also emphasized Infosys' role in running India's tax systems, with the back end of the entire direct and indirect tax system being run by the company. Listeners, soon after the Adani scandal, social media exploded in a pro-Adani campaign to undo the damage that had been done. The sprawling campaign, propped up by the right-wing ecosystem and BJP supporters, used disinformation, misleading narratives and hyper-nationalism to get the job done. To know more, read Shweta Desai and Kunal Purohit's full story on Newslaundry.com. It is titled, Hit Job, China Funding Inside the Pro-Adani Campaign to Undo Hindenburg Damage. In Chhattisgarh's Sukma district, an alleged encounter between police personnel and suspected Maoists today resulted in deaths of three police officers, including an assistant sub-inspector. The deceased were members of the locally raised counter-insurgency force, the District Reserve Group, and were providing security for road construction and area domination. This is the sixth incident this week in which Maoists have killed police personnel in Chhattisgarh. Sukma is one of the most insurgency-affected districts in the country, accounting for almost 50% of the casualties in the region. According to the Inspector General of Police, the encounter took place between 9am and 10am in a forest between Jagargunda and Kunded. The police claimed they forced the Maoists to retreat and that five or six Naxalites were possibly killed or injured in the process. Chief Minister Bhupesh Bhagel expressed his condolences over the deaths and tweeted in Hindi, saying, the martyr's sacrifice would not go in vain. Home Minister Amit Shah had stated in Korba last month that the central government was working towards solving the problem of Naxalism by 2024. Voting is taking place in Nigeria today in a highly competitive presidential election since military rule ended in 1999. More than 87 million people are eligible to vote in this election. The voting began at 8.30 local time and is set to close at 2.30. This time around, there's a strong challenge from a third-party candidate, the Labour Party's Peter Obi, who is backed by many young people. Current President Muhammadu Buhari is stepping down after serving two four-year terms. His all-progressive Congress is represented by former Lagos Governor Bola Tinubu, while former Vice President Atiku Abubakar is standing for the main opposition, People's Democratic Party, PDP. There are a total of 18 presidential candidates. However, the lead-up to the polls has been overshadowed by a cash shortage caused by a botched attempt to redesign the currency, leading to a widespread chaos at banks and cash machines. The new notes were introduced to tackle inflation and vote-buying, and on the eve of the election, a member of the House of Representatives was arrested with almost $500,000 in cash and a list of people he was supposed to give it to, police said. The election has seen a huge interest from first-time voters and young people. A third of the 87 million eligible voters are below 35, which may lead to a higher voter turnout than the 35% recorded in 2019. The head of Nigeria's voting body, INEC, has told the BBC that this vote will be an election of young people. Almost 40% of registered voters are under 34, and universities around the country have also been closed, partly because of security concerns and to give young people a chance to vote. Obi, who is 61, hopes to break up Nigeria's two-party system after joining the Labour Party last May. 
Although he was in the PDP before then, he is seen as a relatively fresh face and enjoys fervent support among the sections of Nigeria's youth, especially in the South. The wealthy businessman served as a governor of the southeastern Anambra state from 2006 to 2014. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or good night depending on where you're listening from. See you on Monday. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.